0: Section twenty six of the Fortunes of Nigel by Sir Walter Scott. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty four. This is the time Heaven's maiden sentinel hath quitted her high watch. The lesser spangles are paling one by one. Give me the latter, and the short lever bid anthony keep with his carabine the wicked gate and do thou bear thy knife and follow me for we will in and do it darkness like this is dawning of our fortunes old play when duke hildebrand had withdrawn nigel's first impulse was an irresistible feeling to laugh at the sage adviser who would have thus connected him with age, ugliness, and ill temper. But his next thought was pity for the unfortunate father and daughter, who, being the only persons possessed of wealth in this unhappy district, seemed like a wreck on the seashore of a barbarous country, only secured from plunder for the moment by the jealousy of the tribes among whom it had been cast. Neither could he help being conscious that his own residence here was upon conditions equally precarious and that he was considered by the alsatians in the same light of a godsend to the cornish coast or a sickly but wealthy caravan traveling through the wilds of africa and emphatically termed by the nations of despoilers through whose regions it passes "damalafang," which signifies a thing given to be devoured a common prey to all men. Nigel had already formed his own plan to extricate himself at whatever risk from his perilous and degrading situation, and in order that he might carry it into instant execution, he only awaited the return of Lowstaff's messenger. He expected him, however, in vain, and could only amuse himself by looking through such parts of his baggage as had been sent to him from his former lodgings, in order to select a small packet of the most necessary articles to take with him in the event of his quitting his lodgings secretly and suddenly, as speed and privacy would he foresaw be particularly necessary if he meant to obtain an interview with the king, which was the course his spirit and his interest alike determined him to pursue. While he was thus engaged, he found greatly to his satisfaction that Master Lostov had transmitted not only his rapier and poniard, but a pair of pistols, which he had used in traveling, of a smaller and more convenient size than the large patronels or horse pistols, which were then in common use as being made for wearing at the girdle or in the pockets. Next to having stout and friendly comrades, a man is chiefly emboldened, By finding himself well armed in case of need, and Nigel, who had thought with some anxiety on the hazard of trusting his life, if attacked, to the protection of the clumsy weapon with which Lostov had equipped him in order to complete his disguise, felt an emotion of confidence approaching to triumph. As drawing his own good and well tried rapier, he wiped it with his handkerchief, examined its point bent it once or twice against the ground to prove its well-known metal, and finally replaced it in the scabbard the more hastily that he heard a tap at the door of his chamber and had no mind to be found vapouring in the apartment with his sword drawn it was his old host who entered to tell him with many cringes that the price of his apartment was to be a crown per diem And that according to the custom of white friars the rent was always payable per advance although he never scrupled to let the money lie till a week or a fortnight or even a month in the hands of any honorable guest like master graham always upon some reasonable consideration for the use nigel got rid of the old doter's intrusion by throwing down two pieces of gold and requesting the accommodation of his present apartment for eight days adding, however, he did not think he should tarry so long. The miser, with a sparkling eye and a trembling hand, clutched fast the proffered coin, and having balanced the pieces with exquisite pleasure on the extremity of his withered finger, began almost instantly to show that not even the possession of gold can gratify for more than an instant the very heart that is most eager in the pursuit of it. First the pieces might be light, with hasty hand he drew a small pair of scales from his bosom and weighed them first together then separately and smiled with glee as he saw them attain the due depression in the balance a circumstance which might add to his profits if it were true as was currently reported that little of the gold coinage was current in alsatia in a perfect state and that none ever left the sanctuary in that condition Another fear then occurred to trouble the old miser's pleasure. He had been just able to comprehend that Nigel intended to leave the friars sooner than the arrival of the term for which he had deposited the rent. This might imply an expectation of refunding, which, as a scotch wag said, of all species of funding, jumped least with the old gentleman's humor. He was beginning to enter a hypothetical caveat on this subject and to quote several reasons why no part of the money once consigned as room rent could be repaid back on any pretence without great hardship to the landlord when nigel growing impatient told him that the money was his absolutely and without any intention on his part of resuming any of it all he asked in return was the liberty of enjoying in private the apartment he had paid for old trap boys who had still at his tongue's end much of the smooth language by which in his time he had hastened the ruin of many a young spendthrift began to launch out upon the noble and generous disposition of his new guest until nigel growing impatient took the old gentleman by the hand and gently yet irresistibly leading him to the door of the chamber put him out but with such decent and moderate exertion of his superior strength as to render the action in no shape indecorous and fastening the door began to do that for his pistols which he had done for his favorite sword examining with care the flints and locks and reviewing the state of his small provision of ammunition in this operation he was a second time interrupted by a knocking at the door he called upon the person to enter having no doubt that it was low messenger at length arrived it was however the ungracious daughter of old trap boys, who, muttering something about her father's mistake, laid down upon the table one of the pieces of gold which Nigel had just given to him, saying that what she retained was the full rent for the term he had specified. Nigel replied he had paid the money and had no desire to receive it again. Do as you will with it then, replied his hostess, for there it lies, and shall lie for me. If you are fool enough to pay more than is reason, my father shall not be knave enough to take it. But your father, mistress, said Nigel, your father told me. Oh, my father, my father, said she, interrupting him. My father managed these affairs while he was able. I manage them now, and that may in the long run be as well for both of us. She then looked on the table and observed the weapons. You have arms, I see, she said. Do you know how to use them? I should do so, mistress, replied Nigel, for it has been my occupation. You are a soldier then, she demanded. No, farther, as yet, than as every gentleman of my country is a soldier. Ay, that is your point of honor, to cut the throats of the poor, a proper gentleman-like occupation for those who should protect them. I do not deal in cutting throats, mistress, replied Nigel, but I carry arms to defend myself and my country if it needs be. "Ay," replied Martha, it is fairly worded, but men say you are as prompt as others in petty brawls, where neither your safety nor your country is in hazard, and that had it not been so, you would not have been in the sanctuary today. Mistress returned. Nigel, I should labor in vain to make you understand that a man's honor, which is or should be dearer to him than his life, may often call on and compel us to hazard our own lives or those of others on what would otherwise seem trifling contingencies. God's laws says naught of that, said the female, I have only read there that thou shalt not kill, but I have neither time nor inclination to preach to you. You will find enough of fighting here, if you like it, and well if it come not to seek you when you are least prepared. Farewell for the present. The charwoman will execute your commands for your meals. She left the room just as Nigel, provoked at her, assuming a superior tone of judgment and of censure, was about to be so superfluous as to enter into a dispute with an old pawnbroker's daughter on the subject of the point of honour. He smiled at himself for the folly into which the spirit of self vindication had so nearly hurried him. Lord Glenvarlock then applied to old Deborah, the charwoman, by whose intermediation he was provided with a tolerably decent dinner, and the only embarrassment which he experienced was from the almost forcible entry of the old dotard, his landlord, who insisted upon giving his assistance at laying the cloth nigel had some difficulty to prevent him from displacing his arms and some papers which were lying on a small table at which he had been sitting and nothing short of a stern and positive injunction to the contrary could compel him to use another board though there were two in the room for the purpose of laying the cloth having at length obliged him to relinquish his purpose he could not help observing that the eyes of the old dotard seemed still anxiously fixed upon the small table on which lay his sword and pistols and that amidst all the little duties which he seemed officiously anxious to render to his guest he took every opportunity of looking towards and approaching these objects of his attention at length when trap Boys thought he had completely avoided the notice of his guest nigel through the observation of one of the cracked mirrors on which channel of communication the old man had not calculated beheld him actually extend his hand towards the table in question. He thought it unnecessary to use further ceremony, but telling his landlord in a stern voice that he permitted no one to touch his arms, he commanded him to leave the apartment. The old usurer commenced a maundering sort of apology, in which all that Nigel distinctly apprehended was a frequent repetition of the word consideration, and which did not seem to him to require any other answer than a reiteration of his command to him to leave the apartment upon pain of worse consequences the ancient hebe who acted as lord glenvarlock's cup-bearer took his part against the intrusion of the still more antiquated ganymede and insisted on old trap leaving the room instantly menacing him at the same time with her mistress's displeasure if he remained there any longer the old man seemed more under petticoat government than any other for the threat of the charwoman produced greater effect upon him than the more formidable displeasure of nigel he withdrew grumbling and muttering and lord Glenvarlock heard him bar a large door at the nearer end of the gallery which served as a division betwixt the other parts of the extensive mansion and the apartment occupied by his guest which as the reader is aware had its access from the landing-place at the head of the grand staircase nigel accepted the careful sound of the bolts and bars as they were severally drawn by the trembling hand of old trap boys as an omen that the senior did not mean again to revisit him in the course of the evening and heartily rejoiced that he was at length to be left to uninterrupted solitude the old woman asked if there was aught else to be done for his accommodation and indeed it had hitherto seemed as if the pleasure of serving him or more properly the reward which she expected had renewed her youth and activity nigel desired to have candles to have a fire lighted in his apartment and a few faggots placed beside it that he might feed it from time to time as he began to feel the chilly effects of the damp and low situation of the house close as it was to the thames but while the old woman was absent upon his errand he began to think in what way he should pass the long solitary evening with which he was threatened His own reflections promised to Nigel little amusement and less applause. He had considered his own perilous situation in every light in which it could be viewed, and foresaw as little utility as comfort in resuming the survey. To divert the current of his ideas, books were, of course, the readiest resource, and although, like most of us, Nigel had in his time sauntered through large libraries, and even spent a long time there without greatly disturbing their learned contents, he was now in a situation where the possession of a volume, even of a very inferior merit, becomes a real treasure. The old housewife returned shortly afterwards with faggots and some pieces of half-burnt wax-candles, the perquisites, probably real or usurped, of some experienced groom of the chambers, two of which she placed in large brass candlesticks of different shapes and patterns, and laid the others on the table, that Nigel might renew them from time to time as they burnt to the socket." She heard with interest Lord Glenvarlock's request to have a book, any sort of book, to pass away the night withal, and returned for answer that she knew of no other books in the house than her young mistress's, as she always denominated Mistress Martha Trabboy's Bible, which the owner would not lend, and her master's whetstone of wit, being the second part of arithmetic by Robert Record, with the Cossack practice and rule of equation, which promising volume Nigel declined to borrow. She offered, however, to bring him some books from Duke Hildebrand, who sometimes, good gentlemen, gave a glance at a book when the state affairs of Alsacia left him as much leisure. Nigel embraced the proposal, and his unwearied iris scuttled away. On this second embassy, she returned in a short time, with a tattered quarto volume under her arm and a bottle of sack in her hand, for the Duke, judging that mere reading was dry work, had sent the wine by way of sauce to help it down, not forgetting to add the price to the morning's score which he had already run up against the stranger in the sanctuary. Nigel seized on the book and did not refuse the wine, thinking that a glass or two, as it really proved to be of good quality, would be no bad interlude to his studies. He dismissed, with thanks and assurance of reward, the poor old drudge, who had been so zealous in his service, trimmed his fire and candles and placed the easiest of the old arm in a convenient posture betwixt the fire and the table at which he had dined and which now supported the measure of sack and the lights and thus accompanying his studies with such luxurious appliances as were in his power he began to examine the only volume with which the ducal library of alsatia had been able to supply him the contents though of a kind generally interesting were not well calculated to dispel the gloom by which he was surrounded the book was entitled god's revenge against Murther." not as the bibliomaniacal reader may easily conjecture the work which reynolds published under that imposing name but one of a much earlier date printed and sold by old wolf and which could a copy now be found would sell for much more than its weight in gold nigel had soon enough of the doleful tales which the book contains and attempted one or two other modes of killing the evening he looked out at the window but the night was rainy with gusts of wind he tried to coax the fire but the fagots were green and smoked without burning, and as he was naturally temperate, he felt his blood somewhat heated by the canary sack which he had already drank, and had no farther inclination to that pastime. He next attempted to compose a memorial address to the king, in which he set forth his case and his grievances, but speedily stung with the idea that his supplication would be treated with scorn, he flung the scroll into the fire, and in a sort of desperation resumed the book which he had laid aside. Nigel became more interested in the volume at this second, than at the first attempt which he made to peruse it. The narratives, strange and shocking as they were to human feeling, possessed yet the interest of sorcery or of fascination, which rivets the attention by its awakening horrors. Much was told of the strange and horrible acts of blood by which men, setting nature and humanity alike at defiance, had for the thirst of revenge, the lust of gold, or the cravings of irregular ambition, broken into the tabernacle of life yet more surprising and mysterious tales were recounted of the mode in which such deeds of blood had come to be discovered and revenged animals irrational animals had told the secret and birds of the air had carried the matter the elements had seemed to betray the deed which had polluted them earth had ceased to support the murderer's steps fire to warm his frozen limbs water to refresh his parched lips air to relieve his gasping lungs all in short bore evidence to the homicide's guilt in other circumstances the criminal's own awakened conscience pursued and brought him to justice and in some narratives the grave was said to have yawned that the ghost of the sufferer might call for revenge it was now wearing late in the night and the book was still in nigel's hands when the tapestry which hung behind him flapped against the wall and the wind produced by its motion waved the flame of the candles by which he was reading nigel started and turned round in that excited and irritated state of mind which arose from the nature of his studies especially at a period when a certain degree of superstition was inculcated as a point of religious faith it was not without emotion that he saw the bloodless countenance meagre form and ghastly aspect of old trap boys once more in the very act of extending his withered hand towards the table which supported his arms convinced by this untimely apparition that something evil was meditated towards him nigel sprung up seized his sword drew it and placing it at the old man's breast demanded of him what he did in his apartment at so untimely an hour Treboys showed neither fear nor surprise and only answered by some imperfect expressions intimating he would part with his life rather than with his property and lord Glenvarlock, strangely embarrassed knew not what to think of the intruder's motives and still less how to get rid of him as he again tried the means of intimidation, he was surprised by a second apparition from behind the tapestry in the person of the daughter of trap boys bearing a lamp in her hand. She also seemed to possess her father's insensibility to danger, for coming close to Nigel, she pushed aside impetuously his naked sword and even attempted to take it out of his hand. For shame, she said, your sword on a man of eighty years and more, this the honour of a Scottish gentleman, give it to me to make a spindle stand back said nigel i mean your father no injury but i will know what has caused him to prowl this whole day and even at this late hour of night around my arms your arms repeated she alas young man the whole arms in the tower of london are of little value to him in comparison of this miserable piece of gold which i left this morning on the table of a young spendthrift too careless to put what belonged to him into his own purse so saying she showed the piece of gold which still remaining on the table where she left it had been the bait that attracted old trap-boys so frequently to the spot and which even in the silence of the night had so dwelt on his imagination they had made use of a private passage long disused to enter his guest's apartment in order to possess himself of the treasure during his slumbers he now exclaimed at the highest tones of his cracked and feeble voice it is mine it is mine he gave it to me for a consideration i will die ere i part with my property it is indeed his own mistress said nigel and i do entreat you to restore it to the person on whom i have bestowed it and let me have my apartment in quiet i will account with you for it then said the maiden reluctantly giving to her father the morsel of mammon on which he darted as if his bony fingers had been the talons of a hawk seizing its prey and then making a contented muttering and mumbling, like an old dog after he has been fed, and just when he is wheedling himself thrice round for the purpose of lying down, he followed his daughter behind the tapestry through a little sliding door, which was perceived when the hangings were drawn apart. This shall be properly fastened to-morrow, said the daughter to Nigel, speaking in such a tone that her father, deaf and engrossed by his acquisition, could not hear her. Tonight I will continue to watch him closely. I wish you good repose." these few words pronounced in a tone of more civility than she had yet made use of towards her lodger contained a wish which was not to be accomplished although her guest presently after her departure retired to bed there was a slight fever in nigel's blood occasioned by the various events of the evening which put him as the phrase is beside his rest perplexing and painful thoughts rolled on his mind like a troubled stream and the more he laboured to lull himself to slumber the farther he seemed from attaining his object he tried all the resources common in such cases kept counting from one to a thousand until his head was giddy he watched the embers of the wood-fire till his eyes were dazzled he listened to the dull moaning of the wind the swinging and creaking of signs which projected from the houses and the baying of here and there a homeless dog till his very ear was weary suddenly however amid this monotony came a sound which startled him at once it was a female shriek he sat up in his bed to listen then remembered he was in alsatia where brawls of every sort were current among the unruly inhabitants but another scream and another and another succeeded so close that he was certain though the noise was remote and sounded stifled it must be in the same house with himself nigel jumped up hastily put on a part of his clothes seized his sword and pistols and ran to the door of his chamber here he plainly heard the screams redouble and as he thought the sounds came from the usurer's apartment all access to the gallery was effectually excluded by the intermediate door which the brave young lord shook with eager but vain impatience but the secret passage occurred suddenly to his recollection he hastened back to his room, and succeeded with some difficulty in lighting a candle, powerfully agitated by hearing the cries repeated, yet still more afraid, lest they should sink into silence. He rushed along the narrow and winding entrance guided by the noise, which now burst more wildly on his ear, and while he descended a narrow staircase which terminated the passage, he heard the stifled voices of men encouraging, as it seemed to each other, Damn her, strike her down, silence her, beat her brains out, while the voice of his hostess, though now almost exhausted, was repeating the cry of murder and help. At the bottom of the staircase was a small door which gave way before Nigel, as he precipitated himself upon the scene of action, a cocked pistol in one hand, a candle in the other, and his naked sword under his arm. Two ruffians had with great difficulty overpowered, or rather were on the point of overpowering, The daughter of trap boys whose resistance appeared to have been most desperate for the floor was covered with fragments of her clothes and handfuls of her hair it appeared that her life was about to be the price of her defence for one villain had drawn a long clasped knife when they were surprised by the entrance of nigel who as they turned towards him shot the fellow with the knife dead on the spot and when the other advanced to him hurled the candlestick at his head and then attacked him with his sword it was dark save some pale moonlight from the window and the ruffian after firing a pistol without effect and fighting a traverse or two with his sword lost heart made for the window leaped over it and escaped nigel fired his remaining pistol after him at a an venture and then called for light there is light in the kitchen answered martha voice, with more presence of mind than could have been expected stay you know not the way i will fetch it myself oh my father my poor father i knew it would come to this and all along of the accursed gold they have murdered him. End of chapter 24.